In the Word on the Go is brought to you by New Growth Press, the publisher helping every person grow closer to Christ. Every couple knows they need to talk to each other, and every couple knows they could do it better. This is why I hope you'll grab a copy of With These Words by Rob Flood. By exploring the hows and whys of communication, this book gives readers five communication tools that work not only for marriage, but for every relationship. Find your next read to encourage you in your faith and learn more about new releases at newgrowthpress.com. This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm your host, Champ Thornton. Whether you're listening by yourself or with the family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today, I'm welcoming back Matt Smethurst. Matt is the managing editor at the Gospel Coalition website. He's also the author of a brand new book entitled Before You Open Your Bible, Nine Heart Postures for Approaching God's Word. This book is not just about how you study the Bible, but it's how you approach the Bible before you study it. It's not just for pastors. It's for every Christian. I recommend it. He's also written a study of 1 and 2 Thessalonians. He and his wife, Megan, have three children, and they live in Louisville, Kentucky. They belong to Third Avenue Baptist Church, where Matt serves as an elder. Matt, welcome back to In the Word on the Go. Thanks for having me again, Champ. I'm really thrilled to have you back, and I look forward to hearing what verse you have for us today. Yeah, well, we're going to be looking at the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22, verse 4. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. All right, Matt, so let's do a little bit of a lightning round here. Who's they? They is referring to the servants of the Lamb. So everyone who has put their faith in Jesus and will be gathered around his throne uh, for all of eternity. And when it says his face, what are we talking about? This is referring to the face of God. And so this is really the fulfillment of Jesus's promise and the Beatitudes that blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And you know, it's interesting, champ, I once was asked what the climax of the Bible is, what the, what the high watermark of the whole story is. And I gave the wrong answer. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I said something like the return of Christ or the defeat of Satan or eternal life, but I know I didn't quote Revelation 22, 4, but this, this really is the high watermark of the biblical story. They will see his face. Adam and Eve in Genesis 1 and 2 experienced that direct access to God. And yet when they sinned and were banished from Eden, they went from the age of the eye, you could say, to the age of the ear, hmm. which we're living in now, where we don't know God through seeing his face, but through hearing his word. Hmm. But in the final chapter of scripture, we see that this age of the ear is going to at last yield to the age of the eye. We'll see the king in his beauty. And as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, what we see now, but dimly as in a mirror, we will see face to face. Hmm. Matt, that indeed will be the high point of all of our lives. It's what we were made for. So let's go to the second half of the verse. Matt, what is going on about people's foreheads? What, tell us about that. Yeah, to be honest, this phrase has always puzzled me and I've, I've never given much thought to it until a few weeks ago when I was preparing to, to preach this passage. And man, I have not been able to get this little phrase out of my, my head uh, hmm. for the past few weeks. His name will be on their foreheads. 
just a few thoughts about this, why I think it's, it's so precious. First of all, naming in the Bible is a, is a, is an act of authority of, of stamping your identity on something. We, we know this Hmm. from everyday life champ. So we write our names on things that matter to us. So when I was a kid, nothing mattered to me more than my glossy album of basketball trading cards. (laughs) And you bet, you better believe that I had written my name on that thing in more than one place so that there would be no mistaking in case I ever lost it, who owned it. Hmm. And so this on one level is a picture of God stamping his very identity on his people saying publicly and proudly, you're mine. I, hmm. I own you and I am not ashamed uh, to call you my brothers. And as I've thought about this though, it's become even even more beautiful because I've I've realized how unlike God I am. So think about, for instance, if I'm in the grocery store and one of my little kids is acting defiant or having a meltdown, in that moment, the last thing that I'm going to do is publicly and proudly own them and say, That's my that's my kid. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is stamp my name on their forehead in that moment. Uh if anything, I'm going to look at the bystand, you know, the innocent bystander, and kind of nervously chuckle and 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 say something like, you know, not my kid. <laughs> well, that is so unlike God, because no matter how much we have struggled in our Christian lives, no matter how unimpressive we've been, no matter how much we've disappointed Him, He has never regretted saving us, and He is going to stamp His name publicly and proudly on our foreheads. So what's the application for listeners today? The application is this, whether you feel like things are going really well in your Christian life and that you're going to cross the finish line in a blaze of glory, or whether you feel like you are just limping along and at best are going to just crawl your way to the finish line, the King is going to lift you by the chin, look you in the eye. And he is not going to write your name. If, you, if, you, if you're a struggling Christian, a chronic struggler, a weak sheep, he's not going to write your name on his forehead in a smaller font. It's mm-hmm. not like he'll be less willing to own you and identify with you before the universe. But he will look you in the eye and he will say, welcome home. I cannot wait to spend eternity with you. Hmm. Yeah, who knew all that was in the second half of Revelation 22.4. What a blessing. So moving from the profound and profoundly encouraging to something a little more simple, what do we think? Is this really going to happen? I mean, is there going to be ink on our heads? Like, you know, can you, is this a metaphor? Can you talk us through how we should literally think about this? (laughs) How should we literally think about this metaphor? Uh, (laughs) I... To be honest, I don't know for sure. I'm inclined to think uh, that this is is metaphorical, but that it refers to a literal truth, which mm. is that we will be publicly and obviously gods, that, that he will, like I said, stamp his identity on mm. us such that there will be no question whose servants these are, namely the Lamb of God. Mm. And, you know, uh, another thought just kind of ha- like, this is our our eternal future, but how should a an image like this affect our lives today? Well, one way is just to think that every day we are living with someone's name on our forehead. the the world The world says, "Define yourself, be true to yourself, stamp your own name on your forehead." Yeah. 
you know, put your own destiny on your forehead. Whereas the Bible says, no, God defines who you are. God tells you who you are. And I'll be honest, even though I know that champ, even though I know that his name ought to be on my forehead, there, there are many days where even I can even be doing ministry with the name M-A-T-T on my forehead, right. doing it, doing it for my glory. Whereas seeing what will be the case for all of eternity should revolutionize the way we live now, wanting to live with God's fame across our lives. Yeah, as you're saying that, it just sounds familiar. Whenever I was growing up and my dad would drop me off for school as a young child, often the last words out of the car were, hey, remember who you belong to. And what he meant Mm -hmm. by that was two things is one, you're a Thornton, you belong to our family. And then secondly, remember, you belong to God. Right. And so it's it's not just in the future, is it? It's once we are in his family, we belong to him, uh, whether in life or in death. Amen. So, Matt, you've given us a lot to think about, something to motivate us to live into the reality that we belong to God, but also to look forward to when we will be His fully in ways we can't even imagine right now. So, would you take a moment and just pray this verse for all of us who are listening today? Yes. Father in heaven, we thank you that you don't leave us in the dark about our future, but that you have given us a a glimpse of it here in the final chapter of the Bible. And we look forward to that future. We pray that you would help us to long for that future, the day when our faith vanishes into sight and we see you face to face. Lord, we thank you that you have never regretted saving us, that you cannot wait to spend eternity with us, and that no matter how we're doing as Christians now, as long as we are putting our trust in you, that you will publicly and proudly own us for all of eternity, stamping your name on our foreheads. Help us, Lord, to live in light of that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.